This is the EWN Podcast Network. I mean, at the end of the day, it's their homes and they're the ones that spend the time there. And there's like funny little things, especially with colors. It's like it could be something from your childhood that you had a bad experience in a space with that color. Like it could be the most minor thing that it's so personal that I'm really am open to like, if you don't like it, you don't like it. We'll move on to the next idea, you know? It's Lift As We Climb, a show that shares secrets about growing your business from the eWomen Network Premier Success Coaches and outstanding members from all around the world. I'm Pat Miller, the Idea Coach and your host of the show. Lift As We Climb is sponsored by The Expressory, your relationship-building concierge, cultivating sales, the all-in-one CRM for sales and marketing, and the LinkedIn lifestyle, secrets and strategies to be a LinkedIn star. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show. You're an interior designer. Is it fair to say that your job is to design an appealing place to call home? Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I think that sums it up pretty well. It's important that our environment is appealing, but on an even deeper level, it's important that our homes speak to us and encourage us on a spiritual level. And is that concept relatively new? I feel like maybe my parents or even my older sister wouldn't think about the restorative qualities of their home. They just want it to look pretty. But what you're saying makes sense. And it sounds like that's becoming more and more popular. Would you say that's true? I think so. I think it's like kind of a cutting edge thing right now that is going to become more and more popular. Younger generations are really focused on that spirituality factor and intentionality and who they're supporting with their purchases and all of that really aligns with holistic design. Your job, like many of our jobs, I would imagine it changed a little bit because of the virus now that so many people have to work from home. So are you seeing and getting more requests to create home offices? Yeah, totally. I had a few home office projects pre-COVID, but it's definitely become more and more of a necessity. I launched a home office energy reset package to specifically support my clients around that kind of like mid-coronavirus. And that was really well received because I think people just want support around it. It wasn't long ago that the concept of someone working from home was really weird. Like it would be, oh, you don't leave the house. You uh, <laughs> That back room is your entire life, but now it's everywhere. So when you're talking about a home reset energy package or making people feel not only comfortable in their home, but productive in their office, what are some of the big concepts that you talk about in that package? I think... One important thing is to do as much as you possibly can to create a space where you can shut off some of the distractions. I know like it's never going to be perfect at home, especially people are homeschooling right now. And there's just like so many things going on. But as much as possible to kind of create a space for yourself where you can really separate personal time and work time. And one thing I love to do for that for myself, kind of along the holistic thread, is to sage in between my work time and like personal time. As just a like almost a physical wall, like a barrier between one time and the other time. Yeah, totally. Like just the action of burning sage and separating, okay, and then I'm closing my laptop and putting it away and like putting work papers away and having it feel separate. I think that's super important. Starting with where we sit to work, 
Do you want to sit in a place where you sit when you're not working? Or are you trying to find a nook where you'll only go to work? I mean, what is your strategy in the big picture of where to place a desk? Yeah, I think lighting is super important when you talk about where you're going to sit during the day. Like, I want to always have a view of some trees or some outdoor space. I think I've been researching more and more about biophilia, which is like our natural desire to be in nature and be connected and grounded. And so, in design, that can be everything from having plants in your home to using the color green a lot or just having natural materials around you that help you feel really grounded. So natural lighting is huge in that. And some people don't have the option to sit somewhere where they wouldn't sit otherwise. But if you do have a space where you can really separate yourself and close the door, have a just a work nook, I think that's great. So let's talk about some other common mistakes that people make. So you're right, not everyone can have a separate room in their house or this like extra bedroom that can be turned into an office. Right. Minimizing distractions, maybe bringing some nature into it, having a nice view, making sure there's plenty of light. Is there anything else that comes to mind as far as mistakes people are making when they select where and how they're going to home office? Clutter is one of the biggest, most common mistakes that really impacts the energy of your home. And so often people just build up and then they don't necessarily notice it's there so much anymore, but it's always having like an underlying, even if it's a subconscious effect on the way that you operate in your day to day, whether that's productivity or just like mental health and space in your mind to be focused and to feel clear. Like clutter can definitely impact all of those things. I'm curious for your perspective. You mentioned some of the clients that are younger have a different outlook than your clients that are older. I'm curious about your feedback. Like, Do you like working from home? And what would you say the majority of your clients say? Do they like working from home or are they anxious to get back to it? I like it to a degree. I'm definitely an extrovert. And so what I've noticed in my business is I have to make sure that I like give myself time and space to connect with other people. And from a business perspective, like feel that community aspect. And I mean, phone calls and Zoom calls are great for what they can do for us, but it's nothing like meeting up with people in person and collaborating on real life. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's talk about Zoom for a second. So there is Zoom fatigue setting in across the country. And it when it hits you, it's just like, oh, not another call. I can't do it. But many of us are trapped inside of our apartment or our home and we can't really go anywhere. We're cooped up. Is there such a thing as home fatigue and people are itching to redo their homes just because it's been looking the same for the last 120 days? Yeah, I think so. I think people are anxious to just give love to their homes. And it's kind of this almost awakening that we're realizing, okay, well, we've just kind of had things the same for so long and realizing that, okay, our homes can have this power through design to really like lift us up and help us feel inspired. And we haven't maybe been giving it the love that it deserves. And as a designer, doesn't that get you excited when people yeah, are like, oh, I can, I can help you with that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it feels really good to support people on that journey and then to see the transformation in their lives too. When their new workspace or new living space is rejuvenated, it really has an emotional shift in their personal lives as well. So we talked about home offices being so important for everyone. 
What about design and other aspects of the house? What's trendy and what's hot right now for homeowners? Well, something I'm really focusing right now, like I mentioned before, is the biophilia aspect and holistic design. And holistic design for me is multifaceted. It's the environmental impact, like the companies that we're supporting, what their environmental initiatives are and how they're working on recycling and where they're sourcing their wood from, things like that, to the toxins that we're bringing into our homes, whether that's off-gassing from cheaply made furniture or the VOCs in the paint that's going on our walls. So really just being conscious of that deeper level of the quality of what we're bringing into our homes. And then the other side of it is kind of more that spiritual aspect as well. So having the intentionality on the symbolism and the artwork and who we want to be at the highest versions of ourselves and making these design decisions to really support and nurture that. Now, I've never heard that phrase that you mentioned. And what is the name again? Biophilia. All right. So I've never heard that before. And it sounds like an entirely higher way to look at interior design and adding a new layer on top of what people normally do. Like, oh, that paint is blue. Oh, no, there's way more than that. We're going way above and beyond that. So I'm curious about that outlook. Is that designed to be aspirational? Meaning I'm going to surround myself with the people that I want to be? Or is it like reflecting your own personality in a way that when I'm at my best, this is how I am? Does that make sense? Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. I really want to get to know my clients and tune into who they are at their core and have their spaces be a direct reflection of the things that they love and what their personal values are. But on the aspirational side of it, I think it's super important that I mean, we're always growing and learning as people. And specifically, if you're going to talk about home offices, like I love to surround myself with things that symbolize that where I see Bailey Catherine interiors in the future and what things inspire me to get closer to that every day. So how do you get closer to your clients? If you need to know them to deliver and help them create a space that works for them, I would imagine that puts more of a priority for you to get close to your clients and understand what they like. So are you doing surveys, one-on-one interviews, taking them to coffee? How do you get to know them so then you can bring this home around them almost? Yeah, it starts with like a pretty intensive questionnaire. And then yeah, just building that relationship, taking time and making sure that I'm talking to them on the phone at the very least versus email on a regular basis and just building up that bond and that connection so that they feel they can be vulnerable with me because I think that's when really the best results come from my projects. All right. So if someone's interested in having an interior designer, interested in bringing someone like you in to help us make this beautiful and functional space that we live in, how do we be a good client? Because I'm sure you've had bad clients before. So tell us what we're supposed to do. Hey, Bailey, help me. How do we give you what you need to do a good job? And what shouldn't we do? Because then we're being that guy. (laughs) I think one thing that's really important is to be super transparent and hold open communication like from the beginning about what it is that you really desire. I think it's always really helpful 
when clients come to me with actually a set budget in mind of what they're wanting to spend so that we can go back and forth and really determine like what we can do with that or what we can't do with that and set expectations for the process and that end result. Another aspect that really helps is when my clients really trust me and trust my vision and open themselves up, like push their comfort zone a little bit and open up to new ideas. Because sometimes that's like when, when clients are like, Oh, I don't know about that, Bailey. That seems pretty out there. But then they trust me. And it's like, that's when I feel like the real magic happens. That happens sometimes though, doesn't it? Yeah. You think, no, it should be mustard yellow. And they no, I'm not doing mustard yellow. It's got to be something else. Like, do you allow folks to veto you when it oh, comes absolutely. to that kind of scenario? I mean, at the end of the day, it's their homes and they're the ones that spend the time there. And there's like funny little things, especially with colors. It's like it could be something from your childhood that you had a bad experience in a space with that color. Like it could be the most minor thing that it's so personal that I'm really am open to like, if you don't like it, you don't like it. We'll move on to the next idea, you know? Yeah. Interior design can be kind of a hobby. I mean, people can get interested in improving their space and decorating their home and not be on the level that you are. If someone wants to learn a little bit more about the new design technique that you were talking about or anything else, are there blogs or Instagram accounts that you recommend following? Like how could someone just get better if they're a hobbyist and they're interested in it? Yeah, absolutely. My Instagram is Bailey Catherine Interiors, and I'm trying to post lots of just informative and engaging information about this and about how to do it in your own space as well. But just quick Google searches in holistic design or biophilia will kind of give you a good jumping point. But there's not a ton of information out there yet. So I think it will begin to be like more and more prevalent though. It sounds like a real opportunity. I mean, yeah, I'm a premier success coach for the eWomen Network, and I'm not trying to tell you what to do, of course, but baileybiophilia.com and running for office on something that doesn't exist. If you love it and there's not a lot of content out there, it sounds like a great opportunity. <laughs> and it sounds like a fascinating subject that's something we could talk about for a long, long time. So if someone wants to get help from you, do they have to live where you live? Or can you help people through Zoom or do conference calls or through photos? What is your process and how could someone get some help if they were interested? Yeah, especially during COVID, I've definitely dialed a bit of a virtual packages. So you don't need to be in Colorado, although I am. So if you are in Colorado, I'd love to work with you as well. My website is baileycatherineinteriors.com and Facebook and Instagram are both at baileycatherineinteriors. So you can connect with me in any of those platforms and start with just a conversation about where you're at and what your goals are. And we can determine if we're a good fit and move forward from there. If you're like me, you'd rather be in Colorado. That's for sure. Colorado. <laughs> but Bailey Konichka, owner and head designer of Bailey Catherine Interiors. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, thank you for having me. If you're enjoying the show, you need to hop in as a Lift As We Climb VIP. It's simple and easy. Just text the word LIFT to 414-240-1315. That's LIFT. You'll get a reminder when new shows are released, and we also have some fun giveaways from time to time. 
This episode of Lift As We Climb is sponsored by The Expressory, your relationship-building concierge, the LinkedIn lifestyle, secrets and strategies to be a LinkedIn star, and cultivating sales, the all-in-one CRM for sales and marketing. I'm Pat Miller, the idea coach and a premier success coach for the eWomen Network. Find out more about me at patmillerideacoach.com. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. This is the EWN Podcast Network.